Ms. Marvel, Season 1, Episode 3. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Marvel Plus, the podcast shilling solely for the Disney Plus Marvel series. My name is Brett Scott. I am your host, and this is the show. And today, I bring you an awesome guest to help me break down episode three of Ms. Marvel. Someone who, now that I've had him on, I'm a little worried that he might just steal some of you away from me because he has his own podcast, uh, not only devoted to anything and everything MCU, but on top of that, he covers anything and everything Star Wars as well. Today's guest is Michael O'Rear from the Stark Wars podcast. Very clever name and a fantastic podcast where he does a similar thing to what I do. Uh, like I said, uh, I'm a little worried at this point. Maybe I should uh, nix this whole thing and, and bring on someone that maybe isn't so good at what they do. Because, my friends, he really does do a fantastic job over on his show, uh, breaking down the latest episodes of films, uh, series, everything Marvel and Star Wars, and he does it in a similar fashion. You know, He has a co-host, uh, but he also has on different guests all the time. Uh, but I know he didn't steal my idea. I didn't steal his idea because we both started our podcast. We both had the same idea right about the same time, almost the exact same time, uh, which I think is actually pretty damn cool. And he graciously agreed to come on the podcast when I reached out, and I'm so glad that he did. We have an amazing conversation. Uh, make sure you check out all the links in the description I'll put his link tree down there so that you can find his podcast and his social media pages, etc. Personally, I love his Instagram because he shares snippets from his podcast and it's it's great stuff. So without further ado, let's bring him on, ladies and gentlemen, Michael O'Rear. All right, we are here with Michael. How are you, my friend? Oh, man, I am so excited to do this. Um, uh, you reached out to me, and like I, any opportunity that I can like talk about this Marvel stuff and nerd out, um, especially like someone like yourself that's so knowledgeable about some of the stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think you'll school me today. You know, uh, I think I think uh, yeah, I'm actually because um, you found me. Typically, I'm I go out for my podcast. I'll go out and I'll like reach out to other podcasts. I'm like, okay, come come listen. I just happen to not find you yet. Um, so it's it's mm -hmm. a it's a little opposite here where you wanted to talk to me, which I thought that was so exciting. Um, with that being said, though, um, I've only list I've listened to two of your episodes. So I like mm -hmm. here, like I feel like I'm making a friend, right? Uh, I, yes. I don't know a whole lot about you. I don't know a whole lot about the podcast, but I'm hoping to like you know just merge communities a little bit, have a good time. And uh, so one thing you may not know about me is um, I'm not like a big comic book guy. Um, okay. so a lot of my knowledge is centered around the movie. So I think I have like a fresh perspective and I have a lot of interesting takes based on Miss yeah. Marvel. I'm already rambling. I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. No, this is great. I actually, because I have such a mix 
Um, if you only listen to a couple episodes, it might be hard to tell, but I have such a mix of guests on here. I have uh, people who are just hardcore MCU fans who know nothing about the comic books. Um, I have people who are like really into the comic books and sort of into the MCU. And I've got people who like, you know, they're just general pop culture nerds and, and they're into whatever. Um, but all kinds of takes, like, you know, people who don't love the MCU uh, and people who are absolute crazy fanatics about it. So um, it's cool. It's cool to have someone, especially you're right there. It is a fresh perspective when you have someone that doesn't have that baggage of the comic book uh, background. And so you don't know what to expect. Um, you know, you everything's uh, fresh for you. Everything's new. And you, you can come up with some ideas that other people may not think of. Because they've got this baggage of like, oh, well, I know this is supposed to happen or that's supposed to happen here. Um, and then also with that baggage comes like disappointment, right? Like they're they're like, oh, man, why'd they change this or change that about it? I hate that. Um, it's, it's like when you read a great book and then go see the film and you're like, mm, it's not the same, you know. Um, but if you go into that film, um, I recently just this last last week uh, watched the new Chris Hemsworth film on Netflix. OK, I haven't seen uh, that. Okay, so it's a what's it called? Spiderhead. Spiderhead. Spiderhead yeah, yeah, it's a it. Well, I found out after I watched it that it was based on a, a short story, and um, very kind of like um, political or um, societal commentary short story. And a lot of people's complaints were like, "Well, this didn't dig into this or that, or or give me, you know, it didn't make these points uh, that I expected it to make, like this short story did." And I went in and I loved it. Um, a lot of the people I think that went in to see it, they went in with all this expectation and it didn't do what they thought it would. And so they came out and went, that's that's not what I wanted at all. Um, and, and the ratings on it are not great. They're like 40s, 50 percent. And but I watched it. I'm like, this is a good sci fi flick. This was a lot of fun. Um, and it showed me that you can do you can still do great sci fi without a huge budget. You just tell it cool science fiction story and um and that's how i came out of him like this was great i love this and then everyone else was like this was terrible and i'm like well i guess that's the baggage of going in with you know preconceived notions about it like what your you know expectations um what's great about a lot of these series that are coming out now especially is even the comic book people some of it's so deep cuts that even they don't know what to expect like ms marvel is a newer character in the comic books even like she's only 10 years in the comic books so a lot of your older comic book fans like me like people who are fans of comics like 80s 90s comic book fans like really big 90s comic book fans they don't have much of a relationship to this you know post 2010 stuff and so i i think the mcu does really well with that too because then they can play with the origins a little bit and there's not so much expectation but um well, let's just I, I want to know kind of because I looked at your podcast a while back and I saw that we kind of started around the same time. Like our first episodes were like right around the time that the Marvel shows started on Disney Plus. Um, but on your podcast, you not only cover the Marvel series, but you cover all of the Star Wars stuff as well. So. Um, just tell me about like how that came about, like, have you always been in the MCU from the beginning and, and why now instead of five years ago? So, yeah, okay, so just to give you some backstory, um, like I said, not a, not a big comic guy, but, um, like, uh, you know, 
anybody that was my age when like I was I was pretty young when the first Spider-Man trilogy came out and it's like it I, I don't know many people like even if you're not into like the MCU now that wasn't like obsessed with Spider-Man and then even like there's flow over into like the X-Men movies and I was watching like the Daredevil movies you know like um, it, it so in a way like I did grow up with these like Marvel in general but even more than that uh, just like um, I, I think I might enjoy Marvel these days more than I do Star Wars, but I did grow up with Star Wars a lot more, you know, like the action figures and everything. Um, so like I've always had like this this like nerd obsession for these types of things. Um, but it wasn't I think it was um, so it must have been uh, uh, 2020 because it was in the middle of the pandemic. And I think Disney Plus Day had just come out with like their investors uh, conference. And yeah. they basically, uh, this is where they told us about WandaVision and Loki and um, uh, I, I don't even remember. There, other, there was other Star Wars stuff and everything, but I was like, holy crap. Like, And like, I've always been, I've been a podcast fan. Like I've listened to podcasts. So I was like, this seems like the perfect time to like start talking about this stuff because it seems like we're about to get this tidal wave of content and people want to hear about it. So I felt like, and I'm sure just like you, like in the middle of the pandemic, not a lot going on um, and all this fun, nerdy stuff that like I love to talk about in general. Now I'm just doing it with, um, you know, tens of other people. So uh, yeah, yeah, no, it, I, uh, um, that's kind of, that's how it started for me. And I, I assume your story is pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty similar. Um, I, I always enjoyed the MCU and like you, I was, I'm I'm probably a bigger X-Men fan than I am uh like Avengers fan. Um just going way back to the cartoon. I grew up with the the X-Men cartoon and Spider-Man cartoon, um, which led into the films and like I was thrilled when X-Men became a film. It was like such a big deal. And um, you know, that got me into the comics. When I was into the cartoon, I got into the comics and it just evolved into what it is, never imagining that we'd live in a world like we do now. Like so incredible, uh, what we have with the MCU. Um, but yeah, it, it was similar. Like I always loved the MCU stuff and I talked about it with friends. Um, I just never recorded it. That's all. And I always thought like, man, we have these great discussions. I, I would talk to my friend for like an hour about, you know, uh, the latest MCU release. And it, it would be like, man, I, if we captured that, like, I think that would be entertaining. And so I'm like, same as you, when they did that, when they announced all of those series that were going to come, like first they, they announced the idea of doing series, which was like, what? They're, they're going to do this now too? Um, when they announced that, and then when they announced what the series were, and I'm like, ah, oh, some of these sound awesome. Some of them, I don't know what to think about them. Um, but I'm like, yeah, perfect opportunity to like, whereas a lot of podcasts, I think, um, and probably yours included, cover like all Marvel stuff. So like movies and everything right where i strictly stick only to the disney plus stuff and what relates to disney plus like the disney plus marvel series so um i thought like probably not a lot of people gonna do that like stick strictly with that and now i'll put like movie the movie reviews and stuff like on, on my patreon and stuff like that but when it comes to the podcast proper it's just disney plus marvel and so i was like this is you know there's a there's a little space for me here and i felt like Honestly, I was super intimidated going in because some people are such geeks like they put me to shame, like and especially when they have all the comic book knowledge. I don't have near the comic book knowledge. Some of these other cats have like it's crazy the deep cuts knowledge that they have. And I was so intimidated to do it. And I was like, do I really want to? You know, there's going to be people going like, well, you don't know this and that. And um, I was just like, you know what? I love this stuff. And I think that's going to come through more than anything. Like 
I really love this. Like, and, and like my fandom is going to drive the podcast. It doesn't matter if I know everything about this or that. And also, I, I planned on doing it alone originally. It wasn't going to be um, having guests on and stuff like that. It was just going to be me talking to a mic. Um, but then I, I invited a friend and I'm like, oh, this conversation goes so much longer this way. And, you know, there's so much, so many more ideas being thrown around. And I was like, why don't I, why don't I make this a show where I bring new people on all the time? And then, you know, they can fill in my gaps too. Cause like, I don't know as much of the comic book background as they might, they can come on and shed a little bit of light on that or what have you. Maybe there's some people who have seen the other series, um, someone who had watched all of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something where I have not. They'll have that knowledge, you know, to share. So I'm like, yeah, let's make this a, a show with new perspectives every week. We'll bring new people on and just cover every series episode by episode. So similar thing. It was like when they announced it, it was like, oh, this is this is a good. Yeah, this is going to be cool. I really like the way you put it as far as because I was I was the same way. I was like super intimidated. Like, I'm not an expert. You know, I love all this stuff, but I'm not again. Like, I don't know the comics, um, but like one thing that really set me over the edge and like maybe sorry to the audience. Maybe I don't want like the the nitty gritty podcast details, but like, I do. What I, I want the nitty gritty. Yes, OK, um, so what someone had told me before I started my podcast is they said, if you don't go back and listen to your first episode and if you're not embarrassed by it, then you started too late. Right. Um, because you want to start so early that you're not even good at it yet. You don't even yeah. know everything yet. You don't have the right equipment yet. Um, so like that was the one thing that really pushed me over the edge. And it's like, OK. And again, like I have the passion for it. Um, I, also, I, I liked hearing that, that you grew up with the X-Men uh, animated show. So and I won't I won't dox us here. I won't call out how old we are. But I did listen to the podcast, uh, your last podcast. You are a little bit older than me. But what's interesting, mm -hmm. did you ever watch X-Men Evolution? Yep. Okay. Yep. But, That's but what later. I grew up. I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't watch it when it came out, but I did watch it later. Yeah. I feel like I'm gonna have to go back and watch the original X Men show now, though, because of what's this new one coming out? Uh, there's a, they they have like a sequel to that show, right? X Men '97. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I would highly recommend checking about, like, especially if you don't have comic book knowledge. It does a great job at giving you the most important comic book stories, the ones that like shaped who the X-Men are and, and you know, what that, that whole line of comics is about all the very important stories from throughout their history are like put into that show. Maybe not exactly like they happen in the comics, but they're interpreted on screen and for children, um, a little bit younger children than, than the comic books were originally written for, but it translates really well and it gives you the basic gist of all these really important stories. So knowing that we're going to get the X-Men in the MCU fairly soon, I think if you don't have the time, energy, whatever to get into the old X-Men comics, I mean, there's 60 years X-Men comics. It's too much. It's too much. Um, but if you can do a watch through of the original animated series, it's like, it's like they just, you know, uh, compressed all the really important stuff into that series for you so i think it's a, a really good place to start awesome i'm completely sold that's what I, that's that's my next watch so uh yeah. no i appreciate that yeah someone told me um a while back actually not a while it was a couple weeks ago they said um i was like you know who's excited for the x-men or whatever and they're like um well i'm just honestly i'm a little intimidated i don't know anything about x-men and and I was like, well, you could listen to this podcast that goes through the history of the X-Men or you could read the comics or I'm like, oh, it's just too much. I said, just watch the animated series. 
you'll probably be fine. If you just watch the animated series, it it hits all the important points. There you go. I'm sold. I, I did want to touch on um, this and, and kind of talking about Miss Marvel a little bit, because, again, like I feel like um, I mean, I don't think I'm that unique, but I do have a perspective of not knowing anything about the comics. Um, yeah. And I, I think I think the thing that really like set me off when I realized that, like, oh, I think about these things differently is um, Black Widow came out and um, I loved Taskmaster in that movie. Like, mm-hmm. I know like and so many people like uh, uh, they were underused like that, like there's so much more to the character and like they changed the character. And for me, I'm like, yes, they weren't like the big bad. But like they were like to make a Star Wars comparison, they were like the Boba Fett to Darth Vader, right? Like they were yeah. standing there, they were cool, they had cool fight scenes, and like that's all I really needed. And I love Taskmaster so much. And I feel like coming into Miss Marvel now, and I know again I hear a lot of the similar uh, complaints about like how much they've changed the character. But for me, mm-hmm. it's like uh, I I love it. You know, it's like I I don't know any better. So yeah, um, yeah I I feel like from that perspective, I'm probably a bit more positive. Um, I've I've really been liking Miss Marvel so. Yeah, I, I, you know, with Ms. Marvel specifically, like I said, I think we're getting into a realm where even I am not familiar at all with the backstories of characters. So all these new characters coming out now, um, this even She-Hulk, I don't know much about She-Hulk. Um, I remember when Moon Knight came out. No, I had no context for Moon Knight at all. And I, I wanted to keep it that way so I could just go in fresh. Um, but with all this new stuff, Ms. Marvel, uh, all the stuff we're looking at, the Ironheart series and stuff. I have no idea what to expect. And I love it. Like, you know, at least like with Loki, I knew who Loki was. Like with um all all of these other series we've had so far, Hawkeye, I've at least known some things. Uh Ms. Marvel's pretty fresh for me. I knew basic her basic comic book origins. That was it. And like, so I don't have a connection that says, like, oh, I hate that they're doing this. Like, it doesn't bother me at all because I never actually read that book where they showed her origin and I'm I'm also really enjoying it and I've I've heard perspectives all over the place for it um and I've heard like rumors that they're like review bombing it and all kinds of stuff and I'm like I'm not getting it because I'm really enjoying it I know that they changed the origin um I've just heard that from everyone I know that she's more like a Mr. Fantastic character she's stretchy and can grow her body and but and honestly I I thought I probably wouldn't like what they were doing, this like hard light thing that they're doing. But after seeing it, not only was I really surprised by the show and I thought like, this isn't going to be for me. You know, this is a teenage girl. She's in high school in the 2020s. It's I can't relate at all. But this show brings you in because she is a geek. She's a huge fan of the Avengers in the same way that I'm a huge fan of the MCU. So. It's like that was my in. She's still my POV character, even though she's female, Pakistani, Muslim, young, <laughs> like all the things I am not. And somehow I still relate to this character so much because she's just a big nerd. And and also the fact that the actress who plays her, Iman Vellani, is also a huge like Avengers nerd. I love that. And like that made me even more care about this series when I found that out. But it's been really charming, and I think that they've I've, they've done such a good job at bringing in this new culture that we haven't seen yet in the MCU. Um, not just with uh, Muslim culture, but also Pakistani culture. Like the whole, all this stuff we haven't seen at all yet. And um, I heard someone recently, 
uh, I think it was, I think it was Eric Voss from New Rockstars was talking about the the fact that the MCU lately has been honing in on religion and spirituality a lot. If you look at all the shows and, and movies that have been coming out, Eternals is like, you know, they're almost like gods. And then you've got uh, Moon Knight very much going to like Egyptian mythology and this series focusing on her religion and the jinn and all this. And I think that's interesting. I hadn't really noticed that, but it does seem like they're kind of doing that. Like they're like bringing in all these different, they're showing different afterlives. Like you see, um, you know, in, in the Egyptian mythology, this is their afterlife and this, you know, and this other one, this is their afterlife. So it's interesting. Like I can see them going a lot of different places with the, with the spirituality and different religions, different beliefs and stuff. But I think they've done it so tastefully in this series. Like they've leaned pretty hard into her culture and, um, I think that they've done it in such a way that it doesn't feel like I can't relate. It feels like they're showing me and everyone else who's watching that, yes, she's Muslim. Yes, she's Pakistani-American. Yes, her parents are immigrants, um, direct immigrants, you know, not, not like mine. Um, but she's an American teenager dealing with American teenager stuff. I, I can just relate so much to that that it like normalizes everything else for me like it, it feels no different than my friend who's jewish or christian or whatever like it's the same the the way they're giving it to us is like it's a human story and that's what matters you know what i mean like yes they're leaning hard into her culture and her religion um but something about the way they're doing it is like i don't know i some people obviously probably have a problem with it. I don't really care about this type of people, um, but it doesn't feel like that to me at all. It doesn't feel like um, they're trying to preach at you or teach you anything, or it just feels like anyone else I would be friends with or know in real life that happened to have a different religion or happened to be from a different country. It's it's solid. It's really solid the way they're doing it. I totally agree. Um, I think for me, like the big thing is, and what I really appreciate about the MCU is the way that they're able to open the doors to all different types of people. Um, yeah. I think I think for the longest time, um, there might have been people that were um, uncomfortable uh, watching a bunch of white people you know, like be the stars yeah. of the Avengers movie. And it's like, well, I don't relate to these people. And it's funny now because the tables have turned a little bit and I'm, I'm talking about Miss Marvel and like, you know, they're going to like the mosque and they're going to like these festivals. And like, I don't know all the proper names. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, and, and not a bad way at all, but like, I'm a little uncomfortable because I don't understand. And, but I'm learning yeah. and I'm like willing to learn. And I think that's because I've seen this on Twitter and like, um, I've seen people that say, I've never watched the MCU, but now I see somebody that looks like me. And yeah. now I'm invested. And and they get into the Miss Marvel. And next thing you know, they're they, they love the MCU. Then they're going to watch Shang-Chi. They're going to watch Black Panther. Um, and they're learning about all these different cultures. And like and like you mentioned, um, in Moon Knight, um, and I thought one of the most powerful things that they talked about was um they were like, This is the afterlife. And she's like, No, this is one of the afterlives. And it's like yeah. it's become such an inclusive place where it's like nobody's wrong. Like we all we all can like live in harmony in the MCU more so than we do in the real world. So, um, yeah. no, I actually, this is like, um, 
again, like I'm just a white guy, you know, it's like I didn't have a problem back then, but now I see the issues now and I see how they're changing and I really appreciate it. So, yeah. 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 And, and even more than that, you know, you see this kind of new age of Avengers that's coming in. It's like way more female, way more diverse. And it's like, I actually think it's really cool. Like it, it's kind of like, I like kind of like you, I didn't see a problem before because I am the white guy and I saw myself on screen, you know, I, I didn't notice it, but it's, it's like a breath of fresh air to not have that all the time. You know what I mean? I saw a picture of like what they were calling like the new Avengers now. Right. And it's like this iteration of Avengers. And it's like, they're replacing black widow with this black widow. They're replacing, um, you know, uh, Iron Man with Iron Heart, they're replacing, and they did all this, um, and just showed a picture of all the kind of new class, and I was like, "Wow, no, that's it." Actually, looks really, really cool. I did, and I didn't expect. I think when the Infinity Saga ended, I didn't expect much. Like, I didn't know what to expect. I'm like, man, all this great stuff like how are they going to top it how are they gonna you know but man if you could just keep telling me the same type of stories that i've already loved so much and just you know change the people change the cultures change the um like just give me the same stuff more of the same but you know yeah give me some diversity that's fine it's completely fine in fact it spices things up a bit like having a character with a completely different religion is it's it's educational that's one thing i've noticed about this series is like um we live in a, a big city like a metropolis we live in columbus um and there's a lot of culture here there's a lot of different cultures here my kids go to school with like every religion every race um it's very very diverse compared to like where i grew up and so i relate to seeing these people all the time there's a lot of muslim people in my community, um, a lot of people from all around the globe. And it's kind of cool to see that, even for me, to see that on screen too, because, and, and for my kids, because they're, you know, I could see even though, uh, like, I think with, with my kids going to a more diverse school and having a lot more culture around them, it probably would look strange if they watched a movie that didn't have that, you know? I was going to say the same thing, because when I go to, like, you know, events at my kid's school, it's, like, it's not... When I see, like, the average person in my area or, like, the average group, um, that's not what the Avengers are, The like, the original core yeah. Avengers, you know? So, no, I tell... That's, I mean, um, I, I think a lot of people... And I'm guilty of this, too. Um, I, I'm from the South. I was involved in a very Catholic community. I went to a Catholic school. Um, there weren't a lot of different types of people. Um, so, like, I, I was in, a, a like, just a very close-knit community, and I wasn't really exposed to different types of things. But when I actually do go out or I go to the grocery store, I go into the real world and I like that, like my small knit community that I grew up with was not representative of what the world is. And I feel like a lot of people fall into that. And it, and again, 
like as a kid, I was like, this is normal. Everybody's white, you know, like that's, it's <laughs> like, uh, that sounds bad, but like, that was my experience. Um, yeah. so when you're in that, and I think a lot of people still are in that type of community and they don't get exposed to that type of stuff. So they might come in and be like, well, like, this isn't even what the world is like. It's like, it's not what your world is like. It is right. what the world is like. Yeah. Most of the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> the majority. Yeah. So, yeah, so the 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 series caught me off guard. I actually went in. I don't know how you went in. Maybe just no expectations. Um, I went in like none to low expectations because it just looked like it wasn't made for me, you know. And it has been from the word go has been pleasantly surprising every single minute of it. I've been enjoying, and I didn't expect to at all. This is like the biggest surprise of all these series for me because some of the other ones I'm like, well, you know, I expect this to be good or. Um, you know, it, or it just was. I've enjoyed pretty much every series, really. Um, but this is the one that surprised me the most. I didn't expect to like it. Yeah, so I'm of the same boat. And actually, I remember when they released, like, the first couple images of the show. I was mm. like, not only does this not look like something that I'm interested in, but it looks like it didn't even look quality. Like, like there was a there was a photo of Miss Marvel in, like, the, the, the Captain Marvel costume. And like, I was like, yeah. I don't know what it was. I was like, this just doesn't look like a Marvel show to me. Like it doesn't, it doesn't even like, this seems like something that should be on like the actual Disney channel, not on Disney plus. Um, but I will say when the trailer came out, that's when I really started to turn. I was like, okay, this show has like a lot of style. Um, like it's trying new things. It's giving us like this fun coming of age story that we haven't really gotten from. I mean, uh, maybe Spider-Man homecoming, stuff like that. But um, it, it's still like, kind of a niche genre genre for the mcu um yeah. so like I, I started to realize wow this is like opening so many doors that i didn't even realize and maybe it was a little bit of those exp uh, low expectations coming in that made me appreciate it more coming out because i'm i'm like you um I, i've really had no I, like and this is this is one thing if you listen to our podcast like i can get kind of nitpicky on stuff like i love all this stuff with my heart and soul and like i like obviously like i wouldn't throw any of these properties out the window but if i don't if i think something could have been done better i would call it out but um like i haven't done that yet like there's nothing that i really would change uh i'm really really enjoying it yeah it's paced really well it's like super fast paced i feel like they're not wasting any time with the series like is there as much as they're doing and as much as they're telling us like about her home life, her culture, her religion, um, and introducing her as a superhero and her, her discovering powers and all this stuff, her relationships with her friends. They've done all that in three episodes and moved the story along like so much. Then I, I would like with the revelations in this episode, a lot of them I figured we wouldn't get until four or five. You know what I mean? Like a ways in. And that's one thing I love about the the Disney Plus series is um them doing this shortened kind of a six episode series has been like a serious breath of fresh air compared to like a 10 or 13 mandatory episode series where, you know, you have to sit through these lulls in the middle and these shoehorned in like, um, filler episodes. There's none of that here. Like they're like, they're they're They get in, they tell you the story, they get you out. And some of them stick the landing. Some of them don't that's really the only difference in them like but all of them have been pretty well paced and like told a, a pretty concise story and just like rolled right along and, and this series especially i feel like it's so fast paced like so much has happened and 
I've loved all of it. And it's weird for me to say because I'm like, didn't expect it at all. It's like I expected a kid's story, something I can relate to. But everything's been super charming from like, you know, her friend having a crush on her, her having a crush on this Cameron kid. And like the whole like high school, what she deals with. I love the the um, all the stuff in the background where they're putting up like emojis. And it's it's just it's unique and it's cool. And like you said, a coming of age story. You haven't really had that Spider-Man kind of. But this is almost like. Even more so. Even more so. She feels younger to me than Peter Parker. Yeah, and I think especially in the first two episodes, um, we did have a lot more like we had a lot more time like her powers were very centered around the people she was with. The people that she was helping were people her age. Um, the people that were helping her practice were people of her age. Like, I feel like that's a big part of it, too, is like the cast surrounding. Because I, uh, Spider-Man, he's going to hang out with Tony Stark. Um, yeah. yeah, And then he's hanging out with Nick Fury. Like, he, he kind of feels like a kid thrown into the adult world. But I feel like now we're like, truly, we this is this is a child and we're dealing with a child and seeing how they would handle being a superhero and i think that's so cool um what one of my favorite things i don't know maybe i'm skipping ahead but one of my favorite things about um the change that they made and again like coming from somebody that like i don't care what her old powers were um i i think by giving her this hard light power it has opened the door to so much more that she can do um so for instance when she like she uses like the steps. She uses like lights of steps to like run up to high locations or, um, yeah. you know, she's using it as a shield. You know, it's like, I feel like that's the kind of thing you couldn't have captured with the original character. And, and this gives her more abilities really. And, and I feel like, um, yes, yeah, she has her signature fist, but there's so much more that she can do with it. And I feel like that's going to yeah. be a cool thing to track as she moves throughout the MCU. It's like, there's a lot of stuff you could do with hard light power. And I'm excited to see like how she grows and how she learns to use those powers. And uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, all about it. I'm gushing. What, what, what happens when she gets the second bangle? Like that's like, you know what I mean? She's doing all this with just the single bangle. It's like, I wonder, I wonder maybe they even do bring in that stretchy power. Who knows? But I'm loving it too. I didn't expect to like the powers. I thought it looked kind of cheesy. That this one of my complaints about the MCU is a lot of the people with powers that like come out of their hands and stuff. It's all very similar. It's all very like bright light that shoots out, you know, like concussive power. It's like it, it just seemed like it's very um it's all very similar, very similar to see. And it worried me for the X-Men because I'm like, the X-Men are coming, they're the powers are all gonna look like generic. Um, but no, I, when I saw the powers in Eternals, I was like, oh, okay, this can look cool. Like they actually looked really cool. These could be mutants, you know, like, um, but the hard light powers, the, the thing you mentioned, the, the, the steps, like her using them as like a platform to get places. That's my favorite thing about her power is like jumping to these platforms, like lily pads. It's awesome. Like that's the coolest thing about it. It kind of reminds me of, uh, Iceman from the X-Men, like gliding around on ice, but she just like jumps around really cool i like that yeah and it's almost and another thing and again i have no idea what the comic maybe she was like a superhuman in the comics i don't really know but what i do really appreciate and, and they, they they really threw this on in episode two when she tries to pick something up heavy and he's like oh i guess you don't have super strength too i think yeah. what's cool about it is she's still a normal kid right like and she's and yeah. we see her in this fight scene later on it's like 
you're actually in danger if you're not blocking all these fights like you know they could really mess you up and i think yeah. it, it adds stakes to the character like um you know like when thor gets in a fight with like a person if they punch him in the face it's not gonna phase him if you punch her in the face like she's gonna get hurt and i feel like that humanizes her a lot more and yeah i really like the aspect of her character that she has these weaknesses that she's very human besides you know some light coming out of her hands yeah no and i hope i hope they keep her like pretty vulnerable i do because that was one of my kind of complaints about captain marvel is she just seemed way too invulnerable like very much if you watch the what if series and you saw her and thor go at it it's like yeah that's it's too much they're like they're both impenetrable they just beat the hell out of each other it, it it's it's not as fun when there's no stakes if nobody can get hurt it's not not that cool um but yeah she's a kid she's in real danger and she's fighting adults in this episode that we just watched uh finally dealing with like some adult consequences and the stakes got a lot higher. I feel like, um, well, let's, let's, we've been chatting for over 30 minutes. Let's dig into the episode proper. Um, so we, we start out in uh, British occupied India in the beginning. And that's something that, that I wasn't even that privy to, like, I've talked to some of my British friends about it now and they're like, Oh yeah, that's a, that's a thing. Like that's a, you know, kind of a, uh, a mark on our past and um i'm like yeah well we can relate to to having you know negative stuff in the past of our country um but like i that's one more thing it's like they're giving us a history lesson i didn't know much about this like the partition and everything and it was interesting to see them delve into that in episode i don't know if it was one or two when they first talked about it but and then in this episode we actually go back and very quickly and I guess I'm kind of thankful. <laughs> Last week, I think everyone thought that the woman in the back seat of the car was Aisha, the great grandmother. Like that's what the assumption was. Like, oh, that's her great grandmother. And then, it, like, oh, does that mean Kamran's her cousin? Second cousin? What's going on here? Um, I but thought they were going full Star Wars there with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. They they quickly reveal that. Like, oh no no no. She was like a friend of. She's like part of the same group of people as great grandma great grandmother aisha um and so they're not related thank god they're not related um if they want to have a relationship no problem um but um so they go back and they tell us that story and you're getting it like it's showing it but it's actually them telling her the history in the present um but did you catch when they're in that, I don't know if they're in a tomb, if they're in a cave, wherever they're at, and they're finding the bangle. Um, two things. First of all, it was on a blue hand, like that blue severed arm. And a lot of people have been, and, and rightfully so, because even if you haven't read comics or anything, this definitely connects with Captain Marvel. And so the people that we know mostly are blue skinned are like the Kree. And a lot of people are saying like, oh, this must be Cree technology, this bangle, something. Um, but we see it on a blue hand. That's the first clue of like, oh, this is something else. Like this isn't, like, who knows what it is. Uh, but it gives you a clue maybe towards the Cree. But then right after that, we also get, they, they pan out and there's a big symbol on the floor. Did you catch this? I did not. Uh, you're about to school me. I knew you would. Come on. I, what is I, it? I, 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 this is going to blow your mind. Okay. okay. <laughs> the 10 rings is on the floor. So 
<laughs> oh no. Yeah. So what does this mean? Like, I, that's kind of what I wanted to get from you. Even if you didn't catch it, I wanted to ask what you thought of this. Like, so we got possibly a Cree arm with this bangle on it. Then it's in this like tomb thing that has a 10 rings logo on the floor. Are the 10 rings Cree tech? Is that, is that what's going on? And that's interesting because, um, they do, again, they both seem to have like this cosmic energy to it. Um, and again, like I'm, I'm kind of processing this all now as I'm thinking about it. Um, so what does it mean? I have no idea. I mean, I, I think it does. Um, I think it is very interesting and it makes a lot of sense to tie, uh, Kamala Khan in with, uh, Shang-Chi. I, I think that, um, Again, like our two new Asian heroes, like I would like to see that team up at some point. So if there is like any sort of tie there, like I think that it, number one, it makes a lot of sense. And um, yeah, I just I think that would be really cool. That, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think I and I think I'm going to toot my own here on own horn here. I, I think I caught it in episode one. I was like, the Bengals kind of remind me of the Ten Rings. Like, that's what I was thinking when I first saw. Oh, like I, I was confused because. Yes, in the comics, she gets her powers in a very different way. Um, but I, I'll just tell you this. If you don't know this, it's it's actually really similar. They, a lot of people are complaining like this is wildly different. No, they just went about it in a different way. So in the comics, she gets her power from this Terrigen mist. She doesn't actually get her power from it. It unlocks the power that's already within her, much like this bangle unlocks the powers that are already within her. Like she's already someone who has power within her this is just some a piece of tech that like unleashes it very similar story so i don't know why the, all the complaints it's just like oh there's not a magic mist that floats through you know it instead it's a magic bangle like <laughs> deal with it something unlocked her powers yeah it, i think it and if there truly is a connection there which i'm at this point kind of convinced of um i think that it kind of shows that there's a purpose to the changes that they make, right? Like, um, this isn't the comic books. They want to tie these things together more. Yeah. And I think, I think, um, not necessarily a complaint, but something that I've noticed. And actually, actually, I think it's probably a good thing. The fact that a lot of the content that we're getting is pretty unconnected to each other. Um, yeah. because, uh, kind of like you were mentioning earlier, how, how do we top end game? And it's like, I think the big thing is you need to take your time. You don't need to rush it. You're not going to have, you're not going to have the next end game in three years, you know? Uh, so yeah. I think they're doing that really well. With that being said, it does kind of excite me to think that, okay, well, maybe there are more connections that we're seeing and these changes are happening for a reason. And I, I think we have to get to that reason before we can truly judge the decision as to why it was changed. Right. Because I mean, there's definitely yeah. a bigger story here. We're definitely going to learn about it. Maybe not in this series, pro probably in the series, but maybe not, you know, maybe season two, maybe uh, Shang-Chi too, you know, there's a lot more doors to be opened here. So I think, I think it is, it's hard to say, oh, this was such a bad idea um, right. until we see the full picture. So, and, and there's definitely a bigger picture here. Yeah. And the, the MCU is notorious for this. So I don't know why all the people look, man, they, they, they've proved how good they are over the past 12, 13 years. Like why can't you just trust in them at this point? Because, you know, People were like this early on, too. Like, why are they changing this about the character? Why are they changing that about the character? Um, oh, Wanda's supposed to be a mutant. Why isn't she a mutant? Why is she, like, some government experiment or whatever? It's like, but it, it all turned out okay in the end, didn't it? Most people are happy with 
how it ended up because the writing was so clever. They tied it together in such a way that it like made complete sense. It doesn't have to be exactly like the comics. In fact, I'm glad that it's not because even if I haven't read the comics, a lot of people have. And I think if I had read all of the comics going into this, I'd be really upset if they were just playing out the exact same stories that I already knew. Like, yeah, change things up a little bit, you know, insert some different characters here. Give me a little bit different story, like, so I can be surprised and, like, blown away by something and not just like, yep, knew that was coming, you know? And, and I think a, a, a cool thing, again, comparing, like, what Endgame is like, um, and, and I think when we get to... Um, um, when we get to Avengers, right? I, even at the time, I don't think anybody was able to conceive what it could possibly become. They they didn't picture Endgame when they made the original Avengers. They didn't even picture. I mean, they I guess they kind of pictured Avengers with Iron Man, but they still they didn't realize the scope of what they were dealing with. So they didn't spend a whole lot of time setting up for Endgame. Endgame did a good job of referencing back to other things and saying, "Hey, it is connected," but it was more of an afterthought rather than a pre-thought. And I think that's the cool thing of what we have with the MCU now, and we're past Endgame. They're looking at what's the next 10 year plan right and they're there are and they're already dropping those seeds you know we get kang we're getting connections between these different tv shows and it doesn't have to be everything at once but what we do know now is that they understand the franchise that they have they know how far they can take it and they know how to set it up better than they did before and i think that's the big advantage of the post in-game era is they yeah. know where they can go with this and like uh, and I, even back, like, I truly don't, I don't think they ever had the concept for Endgame until, like, Age of Ultron, right? Um, I don't, th I think they yeah. possibly, they knew that they would have that really big third of uh, Avengers movie, but they just, I, they didn't see how it would all come together. They didn't, they didn't have the foresight for that, and they have it now, and I think that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Like, having that foresight gives them a lot more ability, like, I bet the first six seven movies that they put out were just like we could let's let's connect these but i don't think they had an idea that like it would all be connected in so many ways like oh this is all really one world all the time because they try to do this with the x-men too i don't know if you remember like in the x-men movies they do the post-credit scenes and it would like tie into another x-men movie bring in new characters like the the post-credit scene was nothing new in 2008 when they did iron man but this is the first time that it like connected stuff outside of like it wasn't just avengers it was like they would bring in a, a character that wasn't an avenger and connect that and um you know eventually they bring in guardians of the galaxy which no one could have seen coming i don't think because that that was such an obscure like comic like no there was no real big guardians of the galaxy fans comic book wise no one was asking for that you know you know those memes that are like no one ever and then it's like disney gives us this like that's that was Guardians of the Galaxy, but then everyone was like, oh, I didn't even know I wanted this. So, yeah, I, I just, I have full trust in them at this point, and I don't know why people lost that when we just, it's like their memories are so short. Like, Endgame was just a few years ago, and it blew our minds. So, trust that they can do it again, you know, like, with different characters. They now have access to the Fantastic Four and the X-Men, like, it's gonna get wild, man. This, And I don't think this people have been saying for a decade that the comic book movie bubble is going to burst. I'm not seeing it yet. <laughs> There's still record breaking, like the top 10 movies of all time. Like a good portion of them are comic book movies at this point. 
Yeah, and that's the other thing. Nobody wants to come close. Like when when you look at like, because I'm I'm a pretty big movie fan in general. Like I like all yeah. types of movies. Um, but like that's one thing I notice is like every movie will not release anywhere near a Marvel movie yeah. because like it's they just dominate. And you know, again, as like a general movie fan, sometimes I'm like, okay, maybe I don't only want Marvel movies. But um, yeah. as a Marvel fan, I'm like, heck yeah, dominate it all, take over yeah. the world. I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel a little bad about it sometimes. Like, please, giant corporation, run everything. Like, just give me all the cool stuff I love. Um, yeah, it's it, it's definitely a, a struggle between those things. But um, okay, let's back into the story here. So, Sorry, I'll go off on tangents all day long with you if if you allow it. So <laughs> I, I will too. I I just don't want to keep you up all night. Yes. That's all. Okay. Um, so we get the origin. Uh, the a version of what's going on here they say like we're the clandestine uh we're also known as Jin. we're also and so it's it's cool it's like it's all tying into her religion uh like i was saying earlier and it's like this the Jin is something that she feared when she was little like they called attention to that earlier her brother mentioned it and um so we get this explanation for who they are they're other dimensional beings and they're here and yeah i wasn't expecting this at all like from what I knew and just had heard from other people about this character, not at all did I expect like interdimensional beings that were cast out and stuck here. Uh, but it, it's pretty cool. Like I said, I didn't have a lot of expectations, so it's fine with me. Um, and they, it happens pretty quickly. They do this explanation. She gets back home and starts asking Bruno, like, hey, can you help me out with this since you're like a math slash science nerd? Like, can we, is there a, is it possible to open up a dimensional portal, whatever? And of course, he just finds it on the internet. Like, yeah, we, we can do it. We just need the power of the sun. That's all. So, um, finding out that it's potentially really dangerous to try and do this, now she's unsure. Like, she really wants to help these people that are supposedly her family, her people. Um, but, you know, she's she's hesitant to do so now. And everyone's getting ready for the wedding and everything's focused on, you know, her brother getting married. And, um, the, the DODC is like trying to hunt down, uh, nightlight, right? Like they're, uh, they're in the mosque and they're being terrible. <laughs> like, um, and Nakia makes the board, which is cool information. Like it, it, she, uh, she wasn't, but she pretended she was part of the board and now she's in there. He's like, fake it till you make it. Now she's a board member. Um, but what it really comes down to is, is the wedding, right? And it was a great wedding. I love that whole. I want to go to a wedding just like this. I, and again, yes. like the weddings, you know, the, the white people weddings I go to, they're not this cool. Yeah. Uh, they, as the dancing, no. the music, I'm like, heck yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, we have nothing like that. There's no type of like there's no type of fun culture things like that. Like, yeah, I, I, I long for that as well. Like, please, can someone please invite me to a, a, a different culture's wedding, a different religion's wedding? Because now I want to go, especially if they're like I wanted to be Bruno. In there. Yeah, bro, I was going to say he's in there like dancing like he already knew like the choreography and everything. I was like, yeah. heck yeah, dude. <laughs> Yeah, the family loves Bruno. That, that's another thing I love, too, is, like, they treat Bruno like family. He comes to all the religious, like, events and stuff like that. I think that's pretty damn cool. And, and it's, like, he apparently, we don't know a lot about this yet, and they might go into it more. But, like, he doesn't have much family. We've seen that. We haven't seen a, a single parent or brother or sister or anything. It looks like he lives alone um, and, and works at this 
like convenience store place. So like, I, I don't know what's up with that kid. Like what kind of a life does he live? They, they said he doesn't have much family, but I don't know can what I that throw, Can I throw my theory out here? And this is, yes. again, this is what's fun about me not knowing the comic books. This could be completely off the wall and nothing related at all, but it's the and way I've been reading the situation. I think Bruno's going to turn bad. Here, and bad. Here's my, yes. Okay. I don't, I don't, first of all, I don't think he has anything to lose besides Kamala, who he's obsessed with. Um, mm-hmm. Secondly, we see this all the time um, from um, Vulture to Mysterio. It's the uh, uh, it's the people that can make this really cool tech that ends up doing bad things with it. So I feel like yeah. we already have like that cliche with this character. Yeah. And also he's becoming super jaded, right? He's starting to realize that, oh, Kamala has other friends. Kamala's interested in other guys. Maybe like the one thing that I was putting everything on no longer matters. And is he going to do something drastic and crazy to wear her back? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm kind of like... Uh, is it some Harry Osborn in there? You know, like, is the friend going to become the enemy? I, I like that's my theory. And again, this is probably the comic book fans are laughing at me, but no, it, it, <laughs> it could totally, it could totally be that. I get that mad scientist type of character. It's like they usually go bad. Like they usually don't. You know, um, the, the exception being Tony Stark, I guess. Right? He's like uh, mad genius, but a pretty good guy after stopping weapons manufacturing and stuff. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I could see that happening, especially if this character Kamran becomes closer with Kamala and like, say he joins up with Kamala against his own family. Then I could see Bruno kind of being more against him. Like that's, it's a possibility. You're not like, you're not way out of line. And, and maybe like maybe not like the big bad, but maybe he becomes misguided yeah. at some point. And I think that would be yeah. interesting for his character. Right. Like betrays her in some way or something or like yeah. tra- trades information or something. I could see that. Um, I think I thought that this was pretty wild how quickly they showed us that these people were not the good guys. Like the beginning of the episode, we get an explanation who the, who they are. We think they're her family they're her people and they're there to help her protect her whatever and then it so quickly changes like that was the thing i was talking about earlier that i figured it would take us another episode or two to see that turn but right away like as soon as she was hesitant about helping them they're like no we're not asking anymore we're taking this thing and they just go crash the wedding they just go show up there which is insane i did not expect that at all like i i had a feeling they would not be who they were going to say they were or they would end up being bad um, but i didn't think it would happen so quickly that was a really quick turnaround yeah you really saw uh you you saw uh i forget the the leader's name the lady she but you see something click like when when she's talking to her son and he's like well she's like not 100 percent here or maybe she like found tech, i don't know but she you saw it like, okay, if she's not buying it, then we have to take drastic measures. And they immediately yeah. went into it and they had no chill. Um, that fight scene in the kitchen, again, I like, and I think that's the cool thing is like, um, you feel like she might actually be in danger here. Um, yeah. And she's also, she's not quite at the point where she, and actually she does get a little bit uh, more aggressive later on, but at least in the kitchen, she's like pure defense. Like she's not yes. trying to fight anybody. She's just protecting herself. And um, I, yeah. I thought that was like, again, like that's not something we see a whole lot. Typically, you know, the hero just jumps into doing hero stuff. They're just like, I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time and I'm the wrong yeah. person. And I'm just trying to protect myself. Get out of my brother's wedding. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, she's all defense here. Like, she's scared for her life. And, like, it doesn't even seem like she's doing it on purpose, right? She's just like, oh, I'm raising my hand to avoid a blow, and a shield pops out. Um, so, yeah, I dug it, man. I, I liked that it, it did seem like there was real stakes. Like, these are adults coming to kill her. Like, take this thing away. Possibly kill members of her family. Like, when uh, Kamran walks into the wedding and he's like, they'll kill everyone. I'm like, oh, this isn't just a kid's show. <laughs> like, they're coming to kill people. So, um, it... it, it it ticked up to a, like a much more serious level at that point for me. I'm like, oh, okay, this is not just a kid's show. So I'm digging it. I'm digging the, the, the real stakes. I liked the fight sequence. Um, and especially like when I lost my train of thought. So, well, there, 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 there's a lot of ahead. cool stuff that goes on here. And I, I, I think, um, this is what I always really like about um, a lot of the side characters that, that were kind of in the clandestines um, and like yeah. how they kind of had like their own unique powers or skills. And uh, what, so let me ask you this. Did this guy pull his belt out? Is that what this was? Yeah, this, so the, <laughs> there were several of them. One like grabbed it looked like he grabbed his belt, right, yeah. or something from his belt, like something like emerged from it. Um, and then another person grabbed at their necklace and it became something. So, yeah. And. It's another thing that kind of reminds me of that Ten Rings stuff, like how the rings work. Like, it's jewelry, but it's like a weapon. Yeah. Yeah, and that's... Uh, uh, I got the poster behind me. I'm a big Indiana Jones guy, so, like, the like just seeing that. And the guy, the way this guy was using it, like, it was crazy. I was all about it. I thought that was, like, a really cool weapon. Yeah. Yeah, and I like... Um, we, we finally got to see Kamala's the big fist, right? Like, that emerged. Um, that was when she became like more aggressive. Like you said, it was like all defense until that. And they got into that dining room. She started to actually fight back. And then uh, the, the DODC show up as well. And that actually kind of helps helps out because they end up arresting these people. And um, but somehow Bruno gets injured. I, I can't remember who hurt him, um, but he gets injured in, in the whole thing. And on the way getting out of there. And I, we didn't mention that Kamala pulled the, the fire alarm to kind of save everyone, get everyone out of there. Um, but when they escape out the back, her and Bruno, they run into Nakia. And so now she knows, you know, that the Kamala's nightlight, right? Like that's. I was I, a little I was a little confused about this because and maybe I just blinked and I missed a type deal. But like they just came out the back door and she was like, it's you. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Uh, did I yeah. did, did she like peek through a window like I kind of missed like yeah. how she was so confident there. So it, it was and I, that's another thing I noticed about this. It's so fast paced that stuff happens. There's a lot of blink and you miss it things like um, but yes. So as they came out of the building, she used her power to shut the door behind them. Ah, uh, OK. So it's yeah, like yeah. it was that quick. Like they came out. She used her power to shut the door and Nakia was standing there. Uh, okay. like, what? Yeah. Okay. So. I didn't see that till the second time. I was wondering the same thing. Like, what did she see? There was nothing going on. Um, but yeah, so everyone almost escapes unscathed, uh, except for Bruno. He's injured, but I think, I think he's going to be all right. Um, uh, and they get back home. Kamala gets back home. And once again, she was, will not tell her mother what's going on. Like, and I feel I feel for these parents in this series. Like that's something I was talking about when we reviewed episode one is like, you know, a lot of times in these kind of coming of age stories or stories about the teenage kid, the parents are like the enemy or the parents are like the, 
um, the idiots or whatever, you know, they're like uncool or um, whatever, unlikable. In this series, it's way different. I absolutely love Kamala's parents. I love her brother. Like the whole family dynamic is fantastic. And I think that with the way that they keep hammering home, like how important family is throughout this whole thing. Uh, earlier in the episode, the father-son chat about like not having enough money going into this marriage and stuff. Like I love that. And then Kamala has a discussion with her mom uh, when she's like cleaning up her injured knee or whatever. And she's just talking about how like, you know, she found the mosque and she found her family and that's, that's what she, what became her purpose and her happiness. And it, it keeps reiterating how important family is. I think that that's going to be like the main point of the show is like she's going to keep denying like uh, well I can't involve them I can't involve them and eventually she's going to realize like oh I can you know they can help me like they're here to help me and I can let them in on something I think they're going to play like a major part in like how it gets resolved like the whole family let me ask you this because you've mentioned that you're a parent I'm a parent um, mm -hmm. and I think I'm sure you relate I, I feel like everyone uses their parents to model themselves to be better parents right um yeah. so I, I would say that like um you know i have great parents i'm very blessed i love them still they're like friends of mine today you know like good relationship and everything but um like i i'm a not i'm a lot nicer to my kids than my parents were to me they were a lot more strict yeah. they're a lot more disciplinary um yeah. so uh with that being said um i thought kamala khan got off really easy here like she pulled the wedding or the the fire alarm at her brother's. She ruined the wedding, uh, yeah. or the reception at least. And uh, I thought like <laughs> they let her off really easy, you know. And again, like I try to be a nice parent. I try to be understanding, but uh, I would have been livid. <laughs> I, been, yeah. uh, I would not have been a nice parent in that moment. Yeah, they were too uh, yeah. nice. Like they yeah, tried. Sorry, I, I'm cutting you off, but they try cool. to like they've tried to make like build them up as like oh they're really strict. You can't go to the Avengers Con. Like, but right. it's like uh, they're actually pretty nice parents. <laughs> Yeah, pretty lenient. Like, I was thinking the same thing. Like, they, they are building them up as, like, so strict. They won't let her do anything or be a teenager. Um, dude, she snuck out of her house and got caught coming back in. And then the next day, she asked if she could go hang out with her friends. And they're like, sure. Like, no problem. Never. That would never happen to me. No. <laughs> in my child, at least. No. No way. <laughs> and I just, I can't picture doing that with my children either. So it's like, as nice as I might be in comparison to my parents, Still, that's not going to fly. That's, I don't know. I don't know. That's, yeah, you're right. Just funny side note. Funny side note there. <laughs> yeah. Just f for them to build them up the way they are, it's, it is a little bit ridiculous how much she gets away with. And then, like, coming home after doing that, right? And all they do is just, like, look disappointed in her. They're not like, they're not like you're grounded or anything. Nothing comes of it. Um, but then we get, so the ending, it's, it's another big, like, um, cliffhanger we get her grandmother calling her her calling her this time and saying like you need to get to Karachi you need to get here now and not only you bring the whole family like this is important and she saw the train which I didn't mention earlier but like you know uh, so the Bengal I don't know if it was because it came in contact with um, Najma the, the other woman as well and that's why we got to see that kind of like I don't know, rift or whatever it was of this train coming. Uh, and I don't like, I don't know this. I don't know what that means or what that is. I have no idea. 
but grandma saw it too and she's like you got to get here right now so what do you make of that like i still don't know what's going on like with the grandma i know that great grandma had some abilities like is grandma gonna now like spill the real beans tell us like oh no those are not the good guys those are the bad guys that came with us or whatever yeah i definitely think that's uh definitely on the right track there um uh have you seen turning red yes the, the Pixar. Yep. <laughs> I, yes. this is a very a very similar family situation in which uh-huh. it seems to affect the the female lineage within the family um yes. which uh again maybe it's just like uh yeah, I guess that would make sense. It's all the it's all the females of the family. They all have this special power. So it seems like it's going down that road. It seems very similar to that. Um, I just saw the movie, so it's fresh off my mind. So I thought that was kind of funny. But um, no, so I, I guess, and, and that must have been what happened with the, the great-grandmother coming in contact with the bangle. And then, yeah, you know, we see her run off at some point. So I guess we st- still don't really know where she's at. But it clearly has affected the entire family. And that's been something I've been tracking with the mom as well. Um, because the mom was super skeptical about um, her getting the bangle. Like the mom knows way more than she ever lets on. Um, yeah. And I think even we get that uh, even hints of that in the conversation they have just before this. Um, but I, and, and I actually, I think it goes all the way back to her wanting her obsession with superheroes and people with powers. And I yeah. think that's a big reason maybe she, why she didn't want her to go to Avengers con. It's like, I don't want you idolizing these people. I don't want you to put yourself in danger. I don't want you to be a superhero. I just want you to be my kid. So yeah. uh, again, I think, I think it affects all the females since the great grandmother. And um, yeah, they're going to learn that these other people are not nice. So um, yeah, I, I think that's uh, a really interesting concept. I think that, or I hope that I can only hope that we get to see her mom use some powers by the end of the series. Like maybe grandma and mom and her like using these bangles. Um, I'm interested to find out where that other bangle is. Does it like because grandma saw it? Does that mean maybe she has it in her possession? Maybe she's wearing that other bangle that they're looking for. And again, this is where I, I should have watched the episode twice and everything moves so quickly. They only yeah. found one in the tomb, right? There was not a second one in there. Yeah. yeah. So that's a good question. I don't know where it's at. Um, but. They found one and someone they they allude to someone, the man, uh, the the man told us that you needed both like we would right. need both to do this. So, yeah, who knows where the other one is, because it, they said that. I don't know, man, it could be anything because they said that. Um, the British had probably looted it before they got there, so maybe it's in a different part of the world. Um, who knows? Who knows? I'm wondering how the. Grandma saw the same thing, though. That's like what I'm curious about. Like, um, and then what if it's not just the females in the family? What if her brother has powers as well? You know, I I, I would see love that. Her- I love him too. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great, dude. I I love, like I said, the whole family. It, they're so funny and so entertaining and not strict at all <laughs> in any way. Um, I love them. I I they could adopt me. I'd live there for a yeah. while. <laughs> yeah no it's it's gonna be very interesting um again and that's like the exciting thing about like uh, and actually what i've been hearing a lot from people that do read the comics is this show has been probably the most accurate depiction of the comics thus far it seems to very yeah. much be like like they're not really changing the characters they're not really changing the story um besides like the powers and stuff um yeah. so 
you know, the answers are out there, I'm sure. But um, for me, it's like a blank slate. I have no idea where this is going. I'm super excited to find out. Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat. I, I think that um, I've heard the same thing, like everything about her character and a lot of the interactions that happen in, in this so far, like stuff word for word, scene for scene, a lot of it's from the origin story in the comic books. And um, I, I know that Hawkeye did that a lot too, pulled directly from uh, a comic book storyline, but they haven't done this nearly as much in the MCU until recently, like started really adapting exact origins and stuff i i i think yeah most people's complaint is the powers the powers have changed but like i said i think it's similar enough that it's like and i get it too they're about to i, I guess it's okay right Did, dr strange dropped on disney plus so they they mr fantastic is a thing and so do you want two stretchy characters coming out around the same time kind of pulls a little bit away from him um i don't know maybe that's why they switched it up like too too much similarity if you do that um but like i said the way they've done it i was really surprised how much i liked it i didn't expect i thought it was just going to be more shooting light out of your hands and um but the way she's using it as like steps and she's using it as a shield and and also offensively as a fist I couldn't be happier with the change. Like, I, it doesn't bother me at all, at all. And like, and like you said earlier, and I really like that you said this because it kind of, we don't know what's left of this character. What happens when you get that second bagel? Maybe they like merge into her, and then she's like, "I no longer am using the power. I am the power." You know, like I could yeah. totally see us going that direction, and that would be really cool. It's interesting though because I, I don't know that I really buy the the oh, it's too similar to Mister Fantastic because. Um, like you've mentioned, this light power shooting things out of your hand. It's not that original. And you've seen <laughs> yeah, yeah. very similar. We're even talking about how Shang-Chi has like similar jewelry that does magic. You know, it's like it's not like if if you're telling me they made this change to be more different, I would say that it's <laughs> not that different. Yeah. Yeah. It could you're you could be right. Um I I like though that the the difference that I've noticed with her light powers compared to the other like people shooting things is her using it as like a melee weapon which is really cool like not shooting stuff at people not blasting people but like so far using it as it's hard light right she used it as a shield as a as a fist as a blunt instrument she used it as steps um yeah i think it's cool man i and that's people say like that's the drastic change man if you make everything else about the character the same as the comics and you change just that slightly because Really, like I said earlier, it's not that much of a change. She still has the power already, which they've explained. She's already got power within her. These Bengals just unlock it. They just release it, basically. They make it come forth. So that's the same as in the comics. She already had a power in her. I think she was an inhuman or something like that. Um, but it was some tech that brought that out of her. It, was, it wasn't, you know, it was something she came in contact with that brought it out but it was her power it was already in her and so right. is, they're sticking with that i'm happy i'm happy as long as they're like not making it where oh it was an experiment gone wrong or you know the same old stuff we've had or like oh she's a super soldier like it's cool to see something a little different more like a mutant like that's what makes me excited like she's already has power she was born with powers very cool yeah yeah no uh 
again, I, I really have no complaints. Uh, this is this has just been yeah, not... a joyride. And, and again, like I, there's been some things I'm like, well, I don't fully under like, like again, like I, I was a little confused, and I actually did. I went back and watched this this scene to kind of understand what happened. But um, when they decided to go in there, and then Cameron was like, "They're gonna kill everyone." I'm like, "Wait, how did we get to this?" You know, it's like yeah. this seems like a big leap from where they were before, and like that might be my only complaint, but it's not even really a complaint because it just like, I understood that she was in danger. They wanted her and she fought him off. And it, like, it's very simple in that way. And yeah, I mean, and actually um, I'll expose myself here. I wasn't a big fan of moon Knight. Like I, it was probably, it's probably my least favorite of the MCU shows. And I, it probably was because it was just very grand. Like everything was just like, like there were just really big concepts going on and like half the time you're like i don't really i I don't fully understand his powers i don't really fully understand the situations he's in i feel like we have a big grasp on that i mean there's still obviously mysteries to uncover but um yeah i I just feel like they're handling this really well and yeah again no complaints i'm happy yeah it's definitely not as mysterious they're they're giving us answers like right after we asked the question which is nice like they ended last week with like who are these people is that her grandma is this her cousin and immediately are like, nope, it's not her grandma, it's not her cousin. Uh, they're beings from another universe. That's how she got her powers. Like, they're answering our questions really quickly, and so it's not like this game they're playing with us, where it's like, you know, a lot of the other ones, like um, even like WandaVision, it took so long to figure out what was going on. Now, granted, it was pretty damn cool the way that they were showing it, but you know, you're well over halfway through the series before you figure out what's actually going on here and then still you're not quite sure and i think that's the balance um i I think it's um i'll even uh, spoilers for kenobi i'll spoil kenobi just real real briefly here but i was going to ask you about it anyway so go ahead we we find out reva's backstory really late in the season and i think a lot of people had a difficulty couldn't like connecting with that character uh, because they didn't know where she came from or what she was doing um, but once you get that reveal, we like the character a lot more, but then at that point, the series is almost over and it's like, well, what if, what if they gave us that to begin with, you know, would that have been helpful? And again, it's, I don't know, maybe not, but it's, it's a tough line to walk. And I think you bring up WandaVision, which is interesting because I'm a big lost fan and like the, you know, like the mysteries in that show, it's just like relentless, you know? And I think it's, um, yeah, I don't know. It's like, are, are you leaning completely into the mystery and like, that's the best thing? Or are you hurting the show because you're keeping too much? And um, it's not easy to do. I, I understand that. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 in this series, it's working well the way they're doing it. I'm definitely enjoying that. They're not holding on to too much. Maybe they are. I don't even know. Maybe they're going to drop some crazy stuff at the end. Like none of this was actually true, but it's like, I don't feel like I'm waiting, waiting, waiting and not getting answers. It's working well, like I said, fast paced, like question, answer, question, answer. Keep the story moving along. And yeah, I can't wait for the rest of it. That was another thing was that it's episode three and it was really exciting. And a lot of the times three and four are like the ones that are not quite as exciting. Like one and two introduce you to the character. Five and six are wrapping it up. Big finale. But like three and four, one of those episodes in there is usually a little bit more lackluster than the other episode. Um. Not quite as much as if you were doing like a 13 episode Netflix series, you know, Uh, but there's definitely something in the middle where it's not quite as engaging as the end caps. Um, But this one, man, episode three, I thought was awesome. And and I've even heard a lot of the a lot of the haters like online 
actually being a little bit more impressed with episode three. They're like, uh, okay, all right, all right. I'm a little hopeful, and maybe I'm alone in this. And I still loved episode two, but episode two for me was a bit of a step down from episode one. Still liked mm-hmm. it, but I was I was thinking along the same lines. It's like if this is our slower episode where we're like kind of taking a step back and we're you know learning more about our powers, learning more about our friends, and like we need a little bit of that. And I was glad that like. Um, you know, again, it was like funny. It was like fun to watch. There's like a, a fun scene at the end, but like I'm glad we've kind of gotten over. I feel like we're just in the thick of it now. Uh, like we we had some stuff to get through, but now we truly are. And uh, I, I don't know. Episode one was so good, so I don't know. This might be my favorite episode, but again, they're all really good. So yeah, I agree. I, and I'm like it with a lot of these series. Like first episode is a lot of times the best because it's like the introduction to the character, and then, like. They got to they got to hit it right. You're not going to tune in for the rest of the series. Um, I loved episode one of the series, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see in the end, you know, if it keeps ramping up. Um, I'm just glad that it didn't slow down. It like in the middle, it just ramped right up. They're moving the story right along. And like, yeah, can't wait for next week, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this is so fun talking to you. Thank you uh, for having yeah. me. And uh, uh, soon I would love to get you on mine. So. Um, oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I'll come on for Star Wars stuff, too. So cool. Either like, yeah. Um, also, um, at the end of. Since you're pretty new to my podcast, at the end of each series, what I like to do is do a roundtable discussion with the guests that were on for each individual episode. I like to bring as many of them as I can back and do like yeah. one big series discussion with everybody. That's so a lot of fun. If I you're love interested, that. if yeah. you're available, I'd love to have you back, man. Especially if it's like around this, uh, you know, being a dad, like later, the better for me. So um, uh, if it works out, I'm there 100 percent. All right, my friends, that is going to do it for the episode and the conversation with Michael. I had a fantastic time talking with him, diving into not only this third episode of Ms. Marvel, but, you know, our overall MCU fandom as well. Uh, be sure you check out Stark Wars wherever you get your podcasts. Go follow Michael and Stark Wars podcast on all the socials. Let him know that you heard him here on Marvel Plus. Uh, he said it in the episode, and I feel the exact same way. I feel like I made a new friend, and that's probably my favorite thing about podcasting, and especially geek podcasting, is making friends with brand new, like-minded individuals who you know share the same love and passion for all the same geeky stuff as I do. And I really hope everything works out for Michael to be, you know, on the podcast when we do the round table episode, I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, this is going to be a really interesting series to discuss as a whole. Uh, but before we get to that guys, we get, we got three more episodes to break down. So make sure you tune in next week for the episode four discussion where I'm doing my first ever crossover episode with another podcast Uh, several guests will be here it's going to be a whole lot of fun so you don't want to miss that Uh, I am really looking forward to it if you have anything to add to today's conversation or if you'd like to be a featured guest on Marvel Plus you can hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at RealBrettScott or email the show directly at MarvelPlusPodcast at gmail.com be sure and check out the Patreon for video versions of the podcast 
and exclusive extras like bonus podcasts, breaking down other things outside of the Disney Plus series. Um, yeah, go check that out, patreon.com slash Marvel Plus. Uh, and make sure you go over and, 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 if you would, please go over and leave a review on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts. It really does help the show to reach a larger audience. Uh, and, and, you know, any written reviews that you leave on Apple Podcasts will get you a mention on the show and enter to win some pretty cool Marvel Plus merch. So, yeah, please go do that. Help support the show whatever you can do. Um, I want to thank you guys so much for continuing to support the show. Been going strong now for I coming up on two years, and I couldn't be happier with the growth of the show. Um, you know, the wealth of guests that I've had and, and, and the support you guys show me each and every week. It really is a dream of mine to be able to do this type of stuff for a living. And, you know, I'm not quite there yet, <laughs> but I feel like with the help of this audience... I'm on my way. So thank you guys so much for the continued support. Uh, I will talk to you all again in one week's time for an awesome crossover episode, breaking down episode four of Ms. Marvel. As you know, my name is Brett Scott, and this has been Marvel Plus. (laughs) 